Good tidings, everybody, and welcome to the Secret Handsome Report, episode number four. That's right. This is the shortest running Kingdom Hearts podcast named the Handsome Report. I'm Mike. You know me. This is a mailbag. If you don't know what a mailbag is, that's fine. I'm just going to talk about stuff you guys want me to talk about. Uh, as you'll notice, I'm wearing the same outfit as the last episode because I had, again, had to batch record two of these because I have a business trip I have to go on. I don't want to batch record these all the time. I like it to stay current because, like, for example, I'm in the past. Right now, this is airing... Uh, I think the weekend of the Super Bowl. I have no idea if the Lions are in the Super Bowl or not. I don't know who won the Royal Rumble. I don't know anything. It's maddening. I'm in the past, and I need to be in the future. But I'm batch recording this so you guys will have an episode on time because I'm a man of my word. And when I say that, we're going to have a either a secret Ansem Report podcast or an Ansem Report podcast every week, we're going to do it. So here we are. Uh, last episode, I also, I don't, I haven't edited it yet because I just record these back to back. I had this heater over here on the whole episode. So hopefully episode number three doesn't sound like dog shit, but if it did, I apologize. And this one will not sound like dog shit as, as recompense for that. So thank you. Uh, if you want me to talk about something you wanted me to talk about, that's a weird sentence. If you want me to talk about something, all you have to do is go down in the discord, join Go to the Secret Ansem Report section, list something that you want me to talk about or ask me a question, and then hang around. It's a great place to be. We have a wonderful Discord, a wonderful community that you should interact with because they're great people, whether it's Kingdom Hearts or wrestling or Final Fantasy or video games in general. Pal World. Is Pal World still a thing? I don't know. I'm in the past. I can't tell you if Pal World is still a thing, but it was a thing when I recorded this. Anyway, let's get into it. Before we get into what you guys want to uh, want me to talk about, I, I promised the last episode that I would talk about Rock Band here because I'm a little peeved. I'm still in the past, so I'm still peeved by this. But Rock Band announced that on January 25th in the past, that would be the last day they're going to release Rock Band DLC for now. Um, if you don't know, they've been releasing weekly DLC for since Rock Band came out with the exception of a couple-year period between like 2013 and 2015 or something like that when they didn't have a Rock Band game out. Uh and so it did come back before. So there's precedence that they're going to bring it back. But they have announced that they are no longer doing it. And I get, I, I'm completely okay with the idea of something ending because it is no longer profitable or no longer makes sense for the company to do so. I'm completely okay with that. What I'm not okay with is them announcing this and going, hey, by the way, you can still play songs in Fortnite Festival. Now, I kind of predicted this coming when Epic bought Harmonix. Uh, if you don't know these game companies, Epic is the company behind Fortnite, among many other things. And Harmonix is the company that, one, made Guitar Hero, and then uh, Activision took it over. And then they made Rock Band to compete and they've been making Rock Band ever since. They were owned by MTV Games at one point and then bought their own freedom back. So that they've they've been around a long time. They're a great studio. They've made other games too that are great, uh, like like Amplitude and Fuser. Who remembers Fuser? I still I might pull off Fuser. That game's fun. But they've been the sole proprietor of like making rock band songs for, for years and years and years. And it's been a source of uh 
happiness for me every week to see what the announcement is. Even when the songs I don't like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're releasing songs still. No, they're not. And it, it seemed to indicate by the blog post that it had a lot to do with Fortnite Festival. So I predicted that when Epic bought Harmonix, that this would stop and that they bought Harmonix to work on stuff for Fortnite. I didn't realize they were just going to kind of make like a weird rock band clone in Fortnite at the time. That seemed that was not on my bingo card, but that's like Fortnite Festival, although I have not played it, is not at all the same thing as Rock Band, nor will it be. And that's just so frustrating that they're taking this game series I love down just to put it in Fortnite question mark. It, and they're like, oh, you'll be able to use your instruments soon. And blah, blah, blah. but who cares? That's not why I boot up Fortnite, or I, I never, I rarely boot up Fortnite. But when I do, it's not to play some bastardized version of Rock Band. Uh, I have a lot of fond memories of Rock Band. I figured I'd talk about a couple of them here, uh, kind of as a, as a rest in peace for a series that I've loved for a long time. I've competed in Rock Band competitions and been very successful, um, me and, and the band I'm in. Jimmy Twinkle and the Bad. It's a great name. No one knows what bad stands for. No, no one knows what Jimmy, Jimmy Twinkle is my friend Jameson and the B-A-D or bad. No one knows what it stands for. I know what it stands for. I'm not going to tell you. But we've, uh, we played for 20 hours straight in the MTV store. We've uh, competed in Atlantic City. We've got to do all kinds of awesome things because of Rock Band. And it's been a really important thing to me for a long time even after it's kind of lost cultural relevance which it definitely has we've been able to do rock band concerts during charity streams and marathon streams and you guys have been always been really receptive to it it's just it's just so fun it just uh it's just it's not the same as playing an instrument but it's a great way to interact with music in a different way that's fun and collaborative like you play with other people you feel like you're really on stage sometimes you feel like you're really performing. Not to say it would replace real instruments or anything. Like a lot of like old guitarists are like, rock band guitar hero, you should learn to play a real guitar. Sure. But that's not what it's there for. That's not what it is. And I, I'm just gonna miss it dearly. I hope it comes back. I hope we get rock band five. Um I don't have faith in that because I just think Epic knows that's I don't know that that's gonna make money. <laughs> you know, like and and to to their credit, I don't know that it's going to make money, and that's what Epic's about. And uh, Fortnite Festival, unfortunately, is probably Rock Band Five. So, anyway, rest in peace, Rock Band. We love you. At the end of this episode, I will post a performance, a, a clip from a performance of Jimmy Twinkle in the Bad for you guys, just so you can see what we were like at our at our at our height. Rest in peace, Rock Band. All right, let's move on to what you guys want me to talk about. Starting first, we have our good friend, Fabio the Iguana, who says, what's your least favorite songs by your favorite bands? As many or as little as you'd like to share. So this is an interesting question. Okay, so Coheed and Cambria, my favorite band, got the tattoo and everything. They have a couple clunkers, a couple. But the most egregious one, to me, is on uh, the Afterman Ascension, and it's called 
Key Entity Extraction 2, Hollywood the Cracked. I remember when this album came out, and I was living with my good friend Rex Overdrive. And I, uh, some, one of my friends had bought me the album, and I went home to play it. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to it with you. And we were listening to it, and we're like, okay, this rips, this jams, you know. And then we got to Hollywood the Cracked. And he just looks at me, and he goes, is this butt rock? And it was maybe the most embarrassed I've ever been to be a Coheed fan. Because the song is tough. It's, it's, it's a little Buck Cherry-like in, gen, uh, in, in sound. It's a strange lyrical content song. It's about a woman who was uh, stalking him and his wife. And then he, the way, the way Coheed works is Claudio, the lead singer and writer, will take an experience in his life and then turn them into a character in, a story, in the story, overarching story of Coheed and Cambria. And so he took this like stalker woman and made her part of the story by like making the situation more outrageous and all that. But it, it the one of the lines is, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, look out, here she comes. Hollywood, Hollywood, fucking a loaded gun. As in like having sex with the loaded gun. It's just not a very good song. Fabio will defend it, and I know that's... I, I think what Fabio wanted to do with this question is get me to say that Hollywood the Cracked is bad so he can try and defend it, but I, I'm standing firm here. Hollywood the Cracked is a bad song. The other Coheed song that I'll share that I'm not a fan of is, you know, like I said, Claudio's a very creative guy. He comes up with a lot of interesting ideas. It's one of the reasons I love the band so much. But they did this thing... uh in 2020 where he decided he was going to write the sequel to Jesse's girl. You know, the song Jesse's girl. Oh, I wish I had Jesse's girl by Rick Springfield. And the idea was what if he, what if Rick got the titular Jesse to be his? And then it turned out she was a psychopath is the sequel to the song. And Rick Springfield sings on it, but it's just not, it's not good. <laughs> it's a stupid concept for one. And then the song itself isn't, it doesn't really sound like Jesse's girl, which I guess doesn't have to, to be a sequel, but like writing a sequel to someone else's song is just a strange, interesting concept. And I don't think it worked for him here. Uh, so I, I'll also nominate that as a bad Coheed song. So I decided I'll do like five of my favorite bands and I'll, I'll name their worst song. That, that seems like a good number. Right. And if someone wants me to do more in the, in the, in the interim or later I will do so. Okay. So up next is fallout boy. <laughs> and there's a lot to choose from here. Cause there's actually in the middle of their catalog, there's a lot of songs that I'm just not a big fan of or albums even. Uh, but my least favorite is the title track from the album, American beauty, American psycho. I just think the song sucks. I just think it's bad. I, it's not, it's not good. It's just not a good song. It, it, there's no way you could shake it. This is their worst album by far to me too. There's a couple good songs on it, but like American Beauty, American Psycho is just a bad song. Not a fan. There's nothing about it that I like. Um, even other songs on here that I'm not like Uma Thurman, which was the single off this album is fine. It's not my favorite song. There's some good parts of it. A lot of people don't like that song and I understand. I can find more redeeming qualities in that song. Whereas American Beauty, American Psycho is just, yeah, Aki Patootie, Aki Patootie. 
Okay, so this next one's from a band I really like called Taking Back Sunday, or at least a band I used to really like. Some of their newer stuff I'm not as into, but their their first couple albums really important to me. And this one's off their first album, Tell All Your Friends. And it's a song that I think a lot of people would agree with is the weakest song in this album and probably the weakest song in their uh, uh, catalog. And it's called Head Club. And it just, like, it's not out of key, but it feels like it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of, like, uh, Adam Lazara, especially in this era, the lead singer of Taking Back Sunday, has a certain way of singing, and it's more, it's a lot how I actually, you know, as someone who's not trained to sing, sing, where it's very breathy and very, like, uh, very screamy and powerful. I don't mean screamy as in, like, harsh vocals. I mean screamy as, like, he's using all of his, like, diaphragm and lung power to get it out there. Like, I, I can decently sing, but I cannot sing quietly because I'm not, I need to use my lung power and my diaphragm to really like belt. And he does it and it just doesn't work on this album. Like he's just like, um, or not in this album on the song. It, it just doesn't, it's not a good song. Like, and the rest of the album is really good. All there's like a banger after banger. It's a very legendary album for that reason. But I think most people would agree. Head club, not a very good song. I like the name though. Where do I sign up for the head club? I've actually found this exercise to be harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, you guys aren't seeing this because I'm cutting it out, but there have been some big, like, quiet spaces in between while I'm kind of looking at different bands and stuff. So, like, some of my favorite bands aren't going to be on one of the bands featured here because I don't really have, like, a strong feeling about a bad song from them. But My Chemical Romance is up next, and this is their most popular song. And I'm not just saying this... Uh, I, I didn't know that. I'm just looking at Spotify right now, and this song has the most plays, and it's Teenagers. I hate this song. I don't think this song's good. I don't think this song uh, is, wor- is worthy of all the recognition it's gotten. I think the recognition it's gotten is kind of in... It kind of is at odds with the song's content. You know what I mean? Like It's like the people that he's singing about are the people who like this song. You know, like, and, and it's just, I, it's just not, um, what I listen to my chemical romance for, I guess. But apparently I'm in the minority there cause it has fucking 860 million plays on Spotify. So that's nuts, but just not a song. I, I, I if, if that song comes up, I skip it. I've seen them play it live and it's like fine. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm bobbing my head, but it's just, if I don't have to listen to this song, I will not. So another band I really like are the Killers, uh, and they have a lot of really good songs. They have a lot of really uh, passionate and meaningful songs. But one song I do not like by them is the song "Human" off their album "Day and Age." It was a pretty big single for them, um, and again, this is another song that has millions and millions of plays on Spotify. I j- what bothers me about it? I think the song's fine, but it's like the lyrics. Are we human or are we dancer? Denser? No one. I think he said the lyric is dancer. I think Brandon Flowers came out and said it's dancer. That I don't even. What the fuck does that mean, dude? Are we human or are we dancer? Both? Neither? I don't know. It, and it always like I try to enjoy the song and then I hear that line and I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's like the little things sometimes with this with music that just the little things just drive you crazy. So there you go, Fabio. That was a much harder exercise than I thought it was going to be because 
I typically am not a super critical person when it comes to music. I like most music I listen to. And if I don't like it, I don't listen. So it's hard to talk about something I haven't listened to a ton of. But these songs are songs that I have, and I don't uh, necessarily like them and choose not to anymore, I guess. so. Uh, next up is from Disguire. I'd love for you to talk about theme parks. What's your favorite park? What's your favorite ride? Best theme park memory? Is there any way in the anywhere in the world you would want to travel to go to a specific theme park? When Jason gets all set up, you could visit and go to Super Nintendo World. I've heard really positive things about it. So, interestingly enough, I kind of work at, we talked about this last episode, I kind of work in a theme park, like a mini theme park. But on that same token, I'm not really a big ride guy. I don't like roller coasters. I don't like heights. The speed of a roller coaster is fine. The going upside down, the spinning, that stuff's all fine with me. It's the heights I don't like. And so if you get me on like one of those big roller coasters, I'm white knuckle holding on for my life because I'm afraid the fucking track's going to fall off or we're going to go flying off the track. So I'm not really a big ride guy, but I do enjoy theme parks. Uh, There's a theme park uh, near here called Michigan's Adventure, which is like the theme park I've probably been to the most. Um, And it's a small, it's like a Cedar Pointy kind of like smaller deal. It's a water park and a theme park. Um, I, I like going there when I've gone there. I've been to Cedar Point in Ohio like once. I was really young. Don't like rides, so I didn't really like enjoy myself. But I could probably find enjoyment now. Uh, I went to Disney with Tara a few years ago for the first time, Disney World, and I really enjoyed my time there. Part of that is because Tara is so good at planning. And I've tried to convince her, like, there's a job for you in planning people's vacations because not only is she good at it, she loves it. She just lights up and she just gets like so into planning every little minutia and minute detail and um, making sure that we're hitting everything we need to hit and want to do. And I love that because I'm not a planner. But in that kind of situation, I feel like I wouldn't get the most out of a place like Disney World because I'm not a planner. So for Tara to kind of lead the way and do all that, and she's just incredible at it and has such a passion for it. So I really had a good time at Disney World. Uh, you n- hit the nail on the head with Super Super Mario World, Super Nintendo World. Uh, when Jason goes to Japan, I, I definitely plan on visiting, and I definitely plan on going there. I want to wait till they do the DK expansion, though, because I love DK. And I know that means I'll probably be riding a barrel roller coaster or some shit, but I'll do it for DK. My favorite ride, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I just said I don't really like roller coasters because of the height, but this one doesn't go too high. I really love Slinky Dog Roller Coaster. Uh, Tara and I waited a long time to ride that because it was pretty new when we went. And I just think it's so funny and so fun. Um, I ca- We waited over an hour to ride it, and I was like, should we get back in line? And she was like, no, we have other stuff to do. But I was like, I was like, I love Slinky Dog Roller Coaster. One of, my favorite part actually has nothing to do with the ride. Well, kind of. When you're waiting, you know, they have the safety message that uh, – <laughs> that is played over and over as you're waiting and they do it in multiple languages, you know, so people who speak Spanish, for example, can hear it, but it's done in slinky dog's voice or someone, um, you know, uh, doing slinky dog's voice. Cause that, that actor is unfortunately passed, but doing a very good impression. But then when they go to Spanish, he's still doing the voice. So he's like, bienvenidos. Like it, and it's so fucking funny to me hearing him talk in Spanish. I think if I watched Toy Story in Spanish, I'd have a fucking riot with it because I just think that's fucking hilarious 
slinky dog's voice in Spanish. I don't know why. Uh, but the ride itself is cool. I love how it looks like Andy left his toys in the backyard, and that's what you're riding, like the the actual, like, you know, through his yard and stuff. And I just think it's a really cool ride. Uh, Space Mountain was really cool. One thing, one ride I don't like is the rock and roller coaster because it's Aerosmith, and Aerosmith gives me a fucking headache. <laughs> we rode the rock and roller coaster even though I knew. I was like, this is just going to jerk Aerosmith off, and it's a roller coaster. It's indoors, so I'm more okay with it than the outside ones. But And it was just, I was just like, I hate Aerosmith. This sucks. <laughs> I said the only way I have this thing with Tara where I always talk about my own personal hell is I'd be in a vat of mustard because I just hate mustard. And like I was like, the only way that would make this ride be worse if they sprayed mustard on me while I was riding it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't like Rock and Roller Coaster. I think they should phase Aerosmith out and do somebody else. My my money's on Fall Out Boy, but we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I hope that answers the question. Uh, I, I I like theme parks, but I more I more like the idea of them. That, like, we have rides at my job that I haven't ridden because I'm like, no, I don't need to ride that. There's one where it's um, it's like a it's like a pendulum, and then the seats are on a circle facing outwards, and then it swings like this and spins, but then it also goes upside down. About you know fifteen feet in the air, twenty feet in the air, and I just I have no desire to ride that. So like there's stuff like that I just don't want to do. But um, I do like the theme parks overall. Thank you for the question. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Corn asks, what's your most memorable gaming achievement? This one's tough because um, I'm not really, I mean, I've gotten more into like the trophy hunting and achievement stuff. And I know you didn't mean literally achievement. You just mean something I've done in a video game. But I've gotten more into that challenge stuff through streaming and all that. But it's not really my bag, um, typically. But I'm starting to enjoy myself more with it. Like I said, I think last episode I've been playing Hades, trying to get the plat. And like that's been a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, if we're talking just like straight gaming achievement, um, beating beating Kingdom Hearts on crit is a is is a. I know it's funny because we meme about it all the time. Not something I would have typically done without the stream, right? And so the fact that I could, you know, beat Kingdom Hearts three on crit, even though I know that's not the hardest Kingdom Hearts to do it on, but like that that was pretty big deal for me, especially the data fights. I don't think I ever went back and beat Yozora, but the data fights, um, that I was pretty excited that I could do that from a, just a pure gamer standpoint. Um, from like, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know that this counts, but tangentially, like using gaming and streaming to raise 
large amounts of money for charity is probably the right answer if that counts because like that um you know and that's through your guys's generosity and help but like being able to do that kind of stuff through gaming is really exciting to me um especially like the causes that we've raised for with specifically able gamers like that's so important to me to to have a world where everybody can enjoy video games as much as I do regardless of what would be hampering them from doing so um or that if something did happen to me and I would you know have help to be able to continue to still game like that's super important to me and um that that to me is the biggest achievement is raising the amount of money we've had to to do that um I know that's not what you were looking for but I think that's the answer I'm going to go with uh album of the week <laughs> album of the week it's been four weeks, and I haven't said a Coheed and Cambria album, so here we are. Uh, we, we're going to talk about what might be my favorite Coheed and Cambria album. I have to look to make sure I get the, the name right here. 2005's Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. That's a mouthful. But this is a definitely, uh, it depends on, on the week. But probably my favorite Coheed and Cambria album. Uh, this is them at their most nutty. Uh, this is an album that you want to listen to all the way through. I very rarely, when picking this album, say, hey, I want to listen to just this song. It's, it's an album that's an experience, and it's an hour and 11 minutes long. So it's typically an album I listen to when I'm driving somewhere a distance or I'm working on something that I know is going to take a long time and I don't need the auditory parts of my brain to do. Uh, so not editing, but other things. Um, but it's, it's an incredible album. Um, the last, uh, the willing well at the end here where there's four songs called the willing well, one, two, three, and four, just an incredible stretch of album, all songs over seven minutes long and just, uh, an incredible piece of music there. Um, it has Welcome Home on it for all you that um, only know Coheed Little on the outskirts there. Welcome Home is probably their biggest song, and um, it, it's there. It's on there. Uh, but it's it's an experience. It's an album that's truly an experience. Every other album I've talked about, uh, well, I, I'll say, uh, I'll say, I'll say Take Me Back to Eden is a similar deal where I feel like it's an album you want to listen to all the way through. But the other two albums I talked about, that's not really the case. But this one's definitely like a cinematic feeling, big uh, movie score type album, but it's also, it's also like a progressive rock album. And I really enjoy it for that. Um, there's very few songs that I even have the desire to skip. There's one that's like, maybe you skip it. I don't know, but I don't, I don't, I, I listen to the whole album all the way through every time I listen to it. It's just an incredible album. Um, it's, it's my favorite, it's my favorite Coheed album. I, and if you ask me next week, I might say second stage turbine blade or in keeping secrets of sound or three or something else. But right now it's good Apollo. And I think if I was always honest with myself, that would always be my favorite album. So if you want an introduction to Coheed, this might be the album even though it gets really wacky and, and abstract towards the end. But I think the, the intro to the album is accessible enough and it revs up and maybe you'll be into it. Maybe you won't. 
I don't know. But check it out if you want. That's my album of the week. Wildcat Diana asks, what is your favorite thing about Michigan and your least favorite thing about Michigan? So my favorite thing about Michigan, and it's something that I think a lot of uh, Michiganders, that's what we're called, take for granted, is the Great Lakes, specifically Lake Michigan. Um, Because that's the lake I live closest to. And it's like having the ocean near you. Now, a lot of places um, have the ocean near them. And people, people who don't live in Michigan or near the Great Lakes go there and they go, wow, this is so awesome. Like, we have that. And it's not saltwater, you know? So it's the best parts of the ocean without being saltwater. And so you can just, you know, it's an hour drive to get to the beach. And it's a, it, people don't get it. They, they don't understand them. Because when you say lake, you think of a contained entity. This is literally just like a mini ocean. You know what I mean? And, like, you can't see land. You can't see Wisconsin over there. Or you can't see whatever, you know, depending on what direction you're looking. It is just – so, like, when I go see the ocean, I'm not as impressed because I'm like, oh, we have this. So I think it's really cool that we have that in Michigan, specifically in the area I live. Um, and most areas in Michigan, you're pretty close to one of the Great Lakes no matter where you're at. And I think that's awesome. Uh, the worst thing is um, the unpredictable weather sometimes is a lot. Um, you know, we, we've had days where it uh, is like, you know, a decent day weather-wise out and then snow comes out of nowhere or it rained, snowed, sleet, and hailed all in the same day. Um, it, the lakes, in the same reason I like the lakes, they affect the weather in very... Uh, random ways it's kind of like living in in your own your own weather randomizer because it can really fuck the shit up and it makes the winters pretty tough sometimes like we had the last couple weeks we had some really tough storms that kind of shut down everywhere and um in order to shut down michigan specifically in our area it's got to be pretty bad like i know a lot of like uh tara's sister lives in north carolina and if they get the tiniest sprinkling of snow they shut down the roads right because people aren't equipped for it it has to be a lot of snow and a lot of ice and a lot of, you know, just just scariness to shut down this part of Michigan, and it did, right? So that that's tough. Um, and I like snow until it just gets too cold, you know what I mean, until it's too much. It's like, okay, I'm done. That being said, that's not enough to make me want to live anywhere else. I really like living in Michigan, and I know I talked about that one or two episodes ago or three episodes ago, but uh, – I I don't think I want to live anywhere else. I, I I like it here. This is this is my city. This is my town. This is where I'm from. London is my city. Isn't that what he said? <laughs> he called. Oh no, Britain is my city. What did he say? He said something stupid. Anyway, I fucked it up. It's fine. Moving on. Uh, Gift two fourteen with maybe one of the most asinine questions I've gotten. Mike, imagine you could meet your soulmate. I don't have to imagine that, but anyway, but to meet them, you have to eat a tree or a baby. But whichever one you choose to eat, your soulmate has to eat the other one. This challenge is not time sensitive, and you can take as long as you want. So here's the thing, Jip. This is a weird question coming from a married man. Because imagine you could meet your soulmate. I don't have to imagine that. I have her. Her name's Tara. She's wonderful. I don't have to eat a baby or a tree or anything. I don't have to eat anything except her cooking, which is delicious. So... I, I I don't really understand this question for me because I'm already there. I don't need to eat babies or trees. 
Now, if you're saying hypothetically, if I haven't met my soulmate, what would I do? But I have. So I don't need to. So I don't know who this entity is that's forcing me to eat a baby or a tree to find my soulmate, but I'm not interested. So there's your answer, Jip. All right, this next one's from Pokemon Trainer J. We know that if you listen to One Winged Angel when not playing Final Fantasy VII, you're a Cretan. Source, Ansem Report Podcast. What is the opposite video game song slash music piece to this where you can listen to it whenever? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say anything. <laughs> anything other than One Winged Angel. Uh, or Dancing Mad from Final Fantasy VI. Those are the songs that people just like jerk off to death that aren't that good. They're fine. They're good. Okay, they're good. But they're not as good as people act like they are. If you sit there on Spotify with your headphones in and listen to One Winged Angel, you're cretinous. I guess the video game music I listen to is more calming and relaxing. Uh, I like to listen to stuff by uh, Yoshinori Matsuda, uh, the... Uh, Zen, he does Zeno, Zeno Gear, Zeno Blade. I always get the Zenos mixed up, mixed up. Zeno Blade, Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, lots of things. I like his stuff. It's very calm and peaceful. Um, I like David Wise, the guy who did Donkey Kong Country one through three. Um, his his very calm, peaceful stuff, very good stuff. Um, and then I like a lot of the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts soundtracks, but I don't find myself listening to like the aggressive songs, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not typically listening to, like, this is the song that popped in my head, but the the mini boss music from FF7, you know, like, if I'm listening to music like that, it's music that has lyrics that is from, like, a rock band or, or something like that. I don't really like listening to that from a video game perspective in my spare time. I'm more of, like, a calming... Like, uh, I, I like Toby Fox's stuff. Deltarune, Undertale, that stuff is like, and even the stuff that's more aggressive, it just, it it's different, you know? Like, it's it's not as, I'm not talking about Megalovania. I don't listen to Megalovania. Megalovania to me is like One Winged Angel. We're like, this is the coolest song. It's, it's, you know, it's like, it's fine. It's good for what it is in the video game and what it's used for. It's not something I'm just going to listen to, you know? So I, I don't know that I specifically answered your question on this one, but anything else is listenable. You don't just have to listen to One Winged Angel. It's okay. Thank you. All right, and then the last question for this episode is from Orpheus Joshua. And he wants to know, what was the most orgasmic stream slash podcast you've had? And this is a throwback to when OJ would just fit the word orgasmic into every question of the week answer he would give. Um, I don't think I've ever orgasmed during streamer podcast, to be clear. I, I, I don't think. I, no, I, I've not had a wet podcast or a wet stream. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. Uh, tangent. I remember the sex ed video I was shown in like middle school where this kid has a wet dream. 
like they show him waking up and there's a big like cum stain on his fucking sheets, right? Which is like, wait, was he laying on his stomach? Anyway, there's a big cum stain on his sheets. And he's like, what do I do? I don't want my mom to find out. And so he runs downstairs and he grabs ketchup and mustard and just starts spraying it on the cum stain. And then his mom goes to do his laundry and she's like, why did he put ketchup and mustard on the sheet? And I, that's always stuck with me. Like, why, why was that his, his reaction to that? Why did, why did he do that? And also, to be clear, it's not, it wasn't his reaction to it. It's someone wrote this as a scenario. Like, it wasn't like I was watching, uh, watching this kid actually go through this experience. This was a written scenario where someone decided, yeah, the, the best thing for the kid to do would be to squirt ketchup and mustard on the cum stain. So anyway, uh, that's what that made me think of. Thank you, OJ. I, if by orgasmic you mean pleasing, um, we've had a lot of really good streams and podcasts. We've been very blessed. Um, the uh, the easy answer would be huh, episode sixty nine of the Answer Report. You know, because that's funny. Haha, sex. I think our Persona Five streams were always pretty orgasmic. I don't. I think when we started playing that game, I don't know that everybody was on board, but. By the time we finished Royal, I think everybody was like, man, I wish we had more Persona to play. So that's always a fun experience when it goes that way. Um, I really, I, we, I, I th- we're probably done at this point. I don't know. Again, you guys are in the future. But I've really liked playing Cult of the Lamb. I think that's just such fun interaction. And, I mean, we haven't had sex yet in the sex update as of me recording. But I'm certain, surely, we've been able to have sex in the game by now. Surely. Um, so those are fun. Obviously, the charity streams and the subathons have been a blast. Um, having having Jason play through those God of War games has been so much fun and not something I expected us to do or enjoy. Like I, I didn't. He's not traditionally played games like that and enjoyed them. And that that's honestly my favorite thing that we've done streaming because like Persona Five is another game like that where he'll tell you now that that's like one of his favorite games of all time. And I think going into it, he was like, what is this weeb shit? It's not the typical thing he would play. He loves it now. Same with like God of War. I don't think he ever had any kind of um, interest in God of War. And now he's like, oh, we should play the older games, you know? And like, that's like always been the goal for me in trying to introduce games to my brother, games that I've liked or know I would like. and playing them with him to see you know find out if he's gonna like them or not too you know and but a lot of that has to do with you guys and the experience where you guys like hang out with us on stream and make it make it more fun you know so yeah that's what i would say is the most orgasmic stream slash podcast is the one where i came in my pants and covered it up with mustard and ketchup thank you oj that's gonna do it for this week's secret answer report thank you guys so much for listening and watching and sending me the topics If you want me to talk about something specific, go down in the description, join the Discord, go to the Secret Answer Report channel, say, hello, I would like Michael Spaghetti to talk about this thing. And it could be anything. Please don't make it weird. Or you can email me at answermreportpodcast at gmail.com, subject line, Secret Answer Report, and we, we, I, will talk about it on air. Please go follow and subscribe if you haven't already. 
maybe drop a like on this video if you're on YouTube, you know, because I I'm putting in the effort to put my face on the camera. See here, where there, here I am. That is my face, and I'm here for you guys. So drop a like, help me out, support the show. Uh, we will be back with a regular Ansem Report podcast next week, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Otherwise, you'll be seeing my dumb mug again. So get ready for that shit. Uh, I still don't have an outro. There, uh, that's it. Show's over. Go home. Walk around.